0: This is the final episode of Look at the Book on Ephesians. And you may not even particularly care for this kind of episode. <laughs> and I don't begrudge that at all if you want to just go with the text. But what I'm trying to do here with three slides is summarize the entire book with my paraphrases Of what each paragraph is about and how they relate to each other. So if you want to try to get the picture of the whole book, uh, see the forest and not just the trees, then I'll try to do with the whole book now what I did halfway through at the end of chapters one through three. So Father, as we tackle this perhaps most difficult of all jobs, seeing the book whole and what your purpose for the whole book is a guide me and grant that there would be clear understanding. And if anything is amiss, you correct it. And I pray that the entire impact that you intend for this letter to have on your church, it would have in part because of we spent the time together. And I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Now, this we've seen already. This is my review with a few changes from chapters. 1 through 3. Let me do that again, and then we'll go to the last three chapters. Verses 1 through 14 of chapter 1, To God be the glory for eternally planned and performed grace. So in verse 6 and 12 and 14, the glory of God's grace is the goal of all things. Next paragraph, 15 to 23. He prays. This is remarkable. So he has theology here and then prayer here. He prays, I pray that you might know, and this is an experiential know, the immeasurable worth of God's glory in your calling. So I've laid out the glory of it here in 14 verses of Weighty theology, and I'm now turning that theology into prayer that God Almighty would move from your head to your heart and open your eyes so that you feel, in some appropriate measure, with an experiential knowing, the enormous, infinite worth of God's glory in your calling. Then, verses 1 through 10 of chapter 2 God's grace. Secures joy and excludes boasting in rescuing hopeless individuals. And then he does it with corporate realities, not just individuals. Same point, though, in verses 11 to 22 through Christ's blood, that same grace that secures joy and excludes boasting, that same grace corporately unites Gentiles to Israel in Christ. And then, after that weighty theology, actually I should do it like that so that it doesn't appear separate. So there's the next unit of theology. So here's the first one, and here's the second one. He starts to pray, and he's going to mention his imprisonment at the beginning and at the end of this unit. My imprisonment, and apostleship are for God's glory in the church. Take heart. So he breaks off in mid-sentence when he's about to start this prayer, and so I'm going to unite these together as the prayer unit again. So here you have theology followed with prayer, and here you have theology followed with probably the most beautiful prayer in all of Paul's letters. I pray that you would know, same idea as here, that you would know the immeasurable love of Christ to the glory of God's grace. So in this, in these first three chapters, you not only have a display of the boasting destroying grace of God and the joy-producing grace of God, and the eternally planned and performed grace of God, all to the praise of the glory of his grace. But you have an illustration of how Paul went about doing theology. Namely, he does theology and he prays. He does theology and he prays. All right, now we go to the chapters that we just finished, four, five, and six. And there's no doubt how they're connected because you see the same word pop up over and over again. Therefore, walk, Worthy of that glorious calling you could you could probably say that's the point of the last three chapters of Ephesians. walk worthy, that is walk in a way that shows the infinite worth of your glorious calling by grace to enjoy God's grace in Christ forever in unity and unshakable maturity Verses seventeen to twenty four don't walk as the darkened Gentiles, but put on your new self created in God's righteous likeness. So this walking idea, walking worthy of your calling, and don't walk in the like the darkened Gentiles. But an alternative to not doing that would be to do this. So the putting on of our new Self, which is created it's like two ten chapter ten, created in Christ Jesus, created in God's likeness, simply expands on how it is that you do this walking, you have a new identity in Christ, built in the first three chapters, and now walk in that new identity and then twenty five to thirty two here are some specifics of the old and the new self. That you are to take off and put on, and so he gives a bunch of examples here in verses 25 to 32 of what you should take off the old and what you should put on the new. And then he goes back. So here we'll circle that again. Put on, walk, and now we're back to walk. Walk in love, as Christ loved us, not in the immorality of darkness. For you are light. Your, your new self is light. So now we've seen one, two, three commands to walk, walk, walk. That means live, 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 live in a way that befits those first three chapters of glorious theology of grace. Or to put it a little differently, put on your new self. One more slide. Verses 15 to 20. Here it is again. Walk as wise, and be filled with the Spirit. So this walk is a walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. 521-69, to be humbly subject to one another in ways appropriate to your God-given roles of husband, wife, parent, child, master, slave, to show by your life, by this walk, and by this Humble subjection in order to show by your life the supreme worth of Christ in all your relationships. That's the point of that long section, 521 to 69. And here's the final section, 610 to 20. I left off the final verses. We talked about them in much detail. But here's the last big unit. In the strength Christ gives, be found standing having done all that you might stand. Be found standing when the battle is done. And I relate that to walk. For only those who stand can walk. If you come to the end of your spiritual warfare in this unit, and you're on the ground with a sword stuck through your ribs, you're not going to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You have to be spiritually standing. That is, walk worthily of the glory of your calling so that the all satisfying worth of the glory of God's grace is shown in your life forever. And thus, everything serves the ultimate goal of all things, the praise Of the glory of God's grace, which is an exact quote from chapter 1, verse 6, which I think is the ultimate purpose of reality and the ultimate purpose of the book. So I chose this title All of Life to the Glory of God's Grace is what I think Ephesians is meant to be. May the Lord work it in us as we do. Biblical reflection followed by prayer, followed by more biblical reflection, followed by more prayer. So, Lord, we end with prayer. Open our eyes. Cause us to know the hope of our calling and the greatness of our inheritance and the enormity of the power at work in us who believe so that we might walk worthy of this great calling to magnify grace. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.